I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. As someone who is so excited to garden this spring, yet really wants top quality soil, I'm really excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine, which is an esteemed brand renowned for its organic soil offerings. And if you're seeking to infuse your home environment with a nourishing essence that promotes flourishing plant life, you're going to want to listen to this because with over 28 years of expertise, Coast of Maine has meticulously crafted soils sourced from oceanic waters and farms certified for organic cultivation. It's so nice to find such a sustainable sustainable, eco-friendly brand who really emphasizes the importance of natural ingredients to enrich their soil. And I mean, they have, like I said, top quality with rigorous quality control and OMRI listed certification. Their diverse range of products caters to all gardening needs. Most of our soils may lack appropriate nutrients for success for our plants and our plants need this. We want to regenerate the healthy microbes in our soils to set up for gardening success and just for our plants to thrive. So if we add Coast of Maine products, this will indeed help. Whether you're planting trees or shrubs or perennials in your yard, adding Coast of Maine soil in your planting holes leads to a long, slow feeding of your plants, making them self-sufficient and vibrant, which we love. Let's say you want a vegetable garden, 
Not only will you receive abundant harvest, but there will be less feeding and maintenance throughout the season. Amazing. You know that everything grown in Coast of Maine soil is organic and safe for your family and friends right out of the garden. And then you get to also feel good about their sourcing as I'm so thankful they provide natural ingredients because they will never include household waste or biosolids. And we know that nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, cultivated from products and practices rooted in coast of Maine. And so they will continually perfect the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and the place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. We love supporting local and the products are carried by local retail partners who can provide advice and insight not found in big box stores. So Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community of gardeners everywhere. And their products make organic gardening simple and approachable so we can all garden. So let's get to growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. That's Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, Coast of dot Hello, magical friends. I'm Allie Michelle. And I'm Raquel Mantra. And welcome to Your Own Magic Podcast. Our intention is to connect you with the most inspiring thought leaders and visionaries and share some of our experiences and wisdom to help you unleash your own magic. Yes, we're so grateful you're spending this present moment with us today. You know, you healed your brain damage, but you couldn't heal your kidneys and you have all these powers. Why can you do it? And I said, it wasn't meant for me to do it. There's a lesson here of humbleness for me. There's a lesson of devotion. There's a lesson of loving humanity enough to understand the suffering that they go through and see it as a me getting my PhD in suffering so I can understand how to help other people who go through chronic illnesses and suffer and people who feel like depressed and they can never pull themselves out of it. And you know, all of these things, that's the shaman's path. Now let the magic begin. Hello, Soul Tribe. What a gift we have for you today. I'm so excited. Oh, we would like to welcome spiritual guide and healer, Shaman Durek. Right now, I'm seriously experiencing amazing vibes and just chills up and down my spine in his presence as Shaman Durek is, he's a living mediator and acting as a bridge between the spiritual and physical plane. Shaman Durek is also a third generation shaman, author, activist, speaker, teacher, and woman's empowerment leader. And Shaman Durek has dedicated his life to healing the lives of people from all over the world, applying ancient spiritual wisdom and decades of devoted study and practice. His innate gifts that he's been practicing since childhood are so profound, and it's just incredible to be in his presence today, whether virtually or in person. <laughs> and we highly encourage you to just take this opportunity to really breathe and absorb his wisdom as you listen to this episode because the depths of shaman Derek's message and story is truly unparalleled so hello shaman Derek. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you, lady. And hello, beautiful souls who are tuning in. Oh, it's so amazing to hear your voice. And oh, and we just want to thank you again for doing this. Um, Allie and I first heard your story and message on our friend Jordan's podcast, The Balanced Blonde. You know, you love her. We all love yeah. her. Soul on fire. Yes. Oh, she's amazing. Um, and your story, though, the story that you shared with her and other podcasts I listened to, because I definitely went on a Shaman Durek whirlwind of a stalker <laughs> listening to every podcast you've been on. So now I'm happy you're on ours. Anyways, your message, it completely shifted my lens of this world and it allowed me to drop many fears that I have held on to for years including the fear of death. <laughs> and after listening to your experience of death and flying around on the other side, which we will get into later, first, you're a third generation shaman, starting from your grandma, right? She's a shaman too. Uh-huh. And uh, and her father and, and his brother and yeah, a whole lineage. A whole tree of shamans. A whole <laughs> um, so this is a three-part question for our first one. So what is, for the people that have no idea what shamanism is, what is shamanism and what kind of shaman are you? And what made you feel called to pursue this path? Okay, those three questions. Uh, let's yes. see, what the, let's go with the first one. Um, so I am uh, a shaman, I'm a spirit shaman. And I also am a shaman who was chosen by his family. And what a shaman represents is a shaman represents someone who is here to to govern certain principles for humanity. So the principles of, of preservation, which is to preserve our species, our planet, our nature, the animals, and so forth, but and also to bring about understanding um, and wisdom and clarity to the tribe. So that means like being able to deliver information to people in a way that's accessible and, um, and attainable and in a way that they can understand in, in easiest form that they can understand. Also, as a shaman, we are an ambassador between the spirit world and the physical world. So we're here to intercede between the knowledge of the spirit world, as well as the technology in the spirit world, as well as the way the spirit world operates, and be able to help people facilitate that understanding and awareness while being in the physical plane so that they can utilize that energy, that technology, as we call it in the spirit world, and be able to create their life in the way that they want to. So that way that they're not operating from a place of not being in power, but they are operating from a place in being in power, which is so important because the system is built to take away your power. And in shamanism, we're all about putting the power back in your hands. So a lot of it is about really helping you see um, your highest potential, as well as helping you understand your reason for being to create your life and to be able to support that uh, by bringing energy and love into the world on a greater whole. Wow. That's something that I am so interested in studying right now in order to learn how to manifest more great things is to step into our own power, our own self-worth and that's amazing that that's exactly what you focus on. Do you just pinpoint that in somebody when you see them? You know, there are certain traits that you mean to be a, to become a shaman? No. Um, when you see somebody and they come to you, can you see their highest power, their highest Oh, oh yeah, 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 of course. Absolutely. But I don't look at the... 
what I do is I look more at the what they're doing, um, what they're thinking, how they perceive the world, which world they actually live in, because that's that pay, that plays a very um, um, important role as far as how I operate with them. You which know, world they live in. Yeah, because everybody on Earth lives in a different dimension. So um, no one is living in the same dimension. And that's one of the reasons why we have so much problems on Earth is because people have this idea that everyone lives in their world, which is kind of arrogant, but it, you know, that's what people believe. So when they talk to someone, they actually think that the person understands them or they think that the person should understand them. <laughs> and w- what they don't realize is that every single person is living in another dimension. That means that some people could be living in the dimension where time is running out and they never have enough time for anything. Another person could live in a dimension of I'm not good enough. Another person could live in a hell region dimension where they feel like they're always under attack and they always have to be in defense. Another person can live in a dimension where they always um, feel like people are telling them that they're bad or they're wrong or they're being falsely persecuted. And so they're always on the, um, on the defense in such a, a very aggressive way to defend themselves. Um, so it really depends. Depends. And some people are living in the dimension of love, and it just depends. So when you're dealing with someone and someone's talking to you, you're, you know, one of the things that we haven't been taught on earth, which is what I teach a lot of uh, my students and a lot of people who come and work with me, is to be able to, to, to understand what dimension is that person in, why the way they speak, and why they believe what they believe. And so once you understand that, then you're able to learn about their dimension. Now you can be able to speak in a way that they'll understand you. So that's one of the biggest reasons we have problems on earth is because our government, people, you know, as soon as someone thinks they're not being heard or not understood or they're reacting, they don't understand that it's because the person's living in a different world. They're living in a different world with a, a different set of rules and a different system than the one that you're living in. Mm, yeah, because we all have our own created realities and perspectives. This makes so much sense. So the people listening, they're going to have their own interpretation of whatever comes from this podcast too, right? Absolutely. Um, is it possible for everybody to exist within the same dimension? It's possible for everyone to exist within the same dimension if they were to let go of their belief systems that were programmed into them, um, the rules and the things that humans believe about life. See, most humans believe in this whole idea of right and wrong. They believe in the right and wrong depending upon their geographical location and what they've been taught as far as the, you know, their social groups or their social influences. And then also what they put their attention to, like what is their devotion? So like what do they devote their energy into? So if people put labels on themselves and they have this idea of right and wrong and they have these ideas of like rules and conduct, then no, they won't be able to live in the same world because somebody like me, for instance, who doesn't operate from a place of what's right and what's wrong and who doesn't live in this idea of labels and, um, and ideas of how people put their energies into things. I don't, I don't, I don't get involved in the mundane uh, waters of life. Like I don't, you know, when people are like, oh, it's the Grammys, it's the Oscars, I don't even watch it. If people are like, oh, this new singer out there singing this song, I'm like, who, Taylor, who? You know, like I don't know what is going on in that world unless I actually sit in front of someone and someone's talking to me about it and educating me about it because my focus is so much more on the evolution of our species than the nonsense of distractions that the system uses against us for not having emotional intelligence and draws us away from our power by keeping us all stuck in the clouds and looking at things that are really irrelevant <laughs> to our to our design. Yes. Yeah. Would you say you're called Morpheus from The Matrix, right? That's what a lot of people call 
me, yes. Yes, even Morpheus offering us the two pills. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm, I, she, I'm Morpheus seeing who's ready to really hear and understand the depth of why we're really on this planet. Oh my gosh, that is brilliant. And what made you feel called to pursue this path? Well, I was chosen, first of all, when I was five years old. And my powers started showing up when I was five. And so when you start having powers and you start seeing things and you start seeing a city of light and you're looking out the window and everyone tells just sees buildings and houses and grass and trees. And then you look again and you see like these constructed energy waves and and you start seeing and um, in energy people and um, people's energy fields and you start hearing like what's really going on inside of them versus what they're saying, you know, and then at some point you have to kind of like push yourself away from everybody, which is really what happens for shamans. They become hermits. And I became a hermit for quite some time. And my, and my dad, reason why he didn't want me to start training until I was about, about 11 years old was he wanted me to have somewhat of a chance before all of it would come down on me because he knew that the moment I opened that door, the ancestors, the spirits and everything was going to come. My tests were going to come. Uh, spirits from the underworld and the darkness were going to come and they were going to hunt, hunt me and really try to see if they can stop me from being who I came to be. And, you know, there's a lot of things you deal with in being a shaman. It's not just all, you know, it's not all just like sitting back and being having these really cool powers. These powers came with, uh, with a price. And, mm -hmm. And that price is, um, you know, dependent upon, you know, what is what kind of things you want to be able to access, you know. And with that, you have to show certain forms of discipline and, and certain forms of humbleness and humility, um, certain forms of patience, uh, certain forms of uh, suffering. You know, some shamans, we have to suffer, including myself, I had to suffer. You know, we suffer not because we're suffering because we feel like we have to suffer, but we suffer to break down the mundane, to break down the programs, to break down and see if we are at our lowest point, do we, do we go into that animal instincts that most human beings go into where they, they tap into their animal DNA and they access into a place where they say, okay, I'm going to react and I'm going to um, you know, operate um, outside of my character because I'm in survival mode. And we, usually you can always tell someone's true colors by them being in survival mode. And so when you're a shaman, the spirits put you through these intense survival modes to see if you remain and stay in a place of love. Do you stay constant? Do you stay um, aware? Do you stay present and sustained in love, in joy, in service, in um, honor, in all of these things? And so, you know, you prove it to the spirits and it's, it's uh, you know, for some, for some, it's, it's not easy. You know, for some, it's not easy. <laughs> And as a shaman, how do you help people navigate their own spiritual energies? Because obviously you first learn to attune to navigate yours by kind of staying in that realm of love. But how would you help someone connect with their highest self and learn to listen to their intuition? And also, as a shaman, what is intuition to you? Okay. You ask questions like two questions, three questions. So my brain. So my we brain, just have I, so many. I need we to can. Like make sure I bring another spirit down just to take notes for me. Okay. Or Sam. Thank <laughs> yeah, you, Sam. Exactly. I'm like, Sam just walked out the door. I'm just like, oh. Okay. All right. So let me, let me, let me, first of all, let me just go over something. In shamanism, we don't have a higher self. We don't look at higher self in the way that the very new age or the very um, esoteric community looks at it. I think it's the metaphysical community. The metaphysical community has this idea of a higher self, 
definitely don't look at it like that. And shamanism, we look at it from the principles that we were taught, uh, which is you have four spirits. They're called your four power, your four powers. You have your your physical spirit, your emotional spirit, your mental spirit, and your spiritual spirit. These four spirits have four different powers. The physical spirit, for instance, that's talking to you right now, okay, is here in the physical form, has um, headphones on, and is dealing with, you know, being here with you two lovely ladies. The emotional spirit, on the other hand, is traveling and doing feeling emotions in the room, outside the room, in other countries, and so forth, and giving me input and information. My mental spirit is thinking and traveling and going into information and thoughts and stuff based on what you're saying and going and traveling to get me the information that I need while also looking at other things mentally. And then my spirit spirit is basically opening up the windows to higher information that are available and bringing them down if I should, if I should ever need them. Now, these four spirits can do many things. And when we actually live to the highest potential in these four spirits, then we have the fifth element. The fifth element is when the heart opens up the last gate inside the heart chamber. And in the last gate of the heart chamber, there is a light source that beams out of that heart, which brings unconditional love. But it can only beam out when you drop the labels, drop attaching to your race, drop this whole idea of male versus female, drop the idea of, of you know what you think your sexuality is and what you think it looks like and how you think people see you and you know all of these things that you have been programmed in the matrix to get involved in, the Maya, to drop it and come straight into a place where you let that light come through because all the four spirits are the pillars, the four pillars that allow the fifth element to come through. And when the fifth element comes through, then the fifth element builds the bridge to the spirit world so that the beings in the realm of light, because this is a realm of darkness that we are in, this planet Earth actually exists in a dense area of space. That's why darkness is so prominent here, and that's why density is so prominent. Um, when the light, when the, when that light builds the bridge to the light dimensions, those beings will come and help us bring this this dimension where Earth and Venus and and Mars and Pluto into becoming a light star region. This is this is the hence, uh, or should we say, the tone uh, when people say, you know, we are the energy of let there be light. So even everyone has this light inside of them, and once what will happen is once them we bring that out. We all are responsible for building that bridge. They already built their bridge on the other side. They're just waiting for us to build the bridge here. But in order to do so, we have to pull ourselves out of the matrix. We have to pull ourselves out of the calamity, the things that we're being distracted with, the things we're being told about ourselves. We have to get deeper into the understanding of the core of our being, and that can only happen when the four powers are operated. So this is so when we say high, when people talk about in metaphysical world ascension, the higher self, and all this kind of stuff, that's basically what they're they're saying. But the ascension, a lot of people think, is that you're going to leave your body and transform into some fifth dimensional uh, field. No, we're not leaving anything. We're not leaving anyone behind this time. We were not doing it. We came to this planet to evacuate our brothers and sisters who are trapped in the dark frequency, and we will succeed to do it. And when we do it, we bring everyone back into the light. Mm. Wow. With the rise of this kind of, um, I don't know if it's new age or what you were saying, but I feel like more and more people are kind of being curious about this kind of information and spirituality. Um, 
what do you think made that shift? And do you think that more people are kind of coming back to love and integrating those five different spirits or yeah, would you say that the world is basically going more towards awakening or more far away from it right now? I would say right now, I can't really say if they're going toward, I would say they're definitely awakening. Yes. But the level of awakening is, is maybe the question you, you're, you're uh, seeking to ask. The, the thing f- to answer your question on that, uh, human beings, in order for them to be able to truly awake, they have to face the darkness. They have to face their shadow. The shadow is the aspect of your being that tells the truth, that is the truth that leads you to your light. The shadow is the part of your being that opens the door to your light body, your light self, okay? The darkness are the beings who are trapped in the dark frequency that bring the negative thoughts into your head, that use the algorithms to match your tonal vibration of the way you talk, and then you think it's you saying these things when it's actually darkness sending a frequency signal to your brain. And because humans don't know how the brain works, because basically the system doesn't want you to know how the brain works, you don't. You only know the functionings of the brain, such as the temporal lobes or the peritoneal lobe or the occipital lobe. You don't understand the mechanics of the brain's energy system and so in shamanism we we the the spirits and the elders teach us about the mechanics of the operating system that's why when people take like plant medicines and so forth they're opening up streams of consciousness using plant medicines to be able to see deeper into uh love or deeper into these things but however now it's become a, a subculture of you know just people taking drugs now um you know, the medicine has been uh, degraded because it's not being used and utilized in the way that it should be because now people are just like so hungry to to see, you know, be what's beyond the veil that they're not utilizing and understanding that what's beyond the veil is to show them that they have abilities to access different conscious streams and then they're supposed to go away and start developing those skills. And instead, they go, oh, I want to go back to it again. And then they go back and do it again. And now it's become like Disneyland. It's become like a, you know, a Jiffy Lube. It's become like a, you know, some kind of service station where you go in and you get, you know, get another glimpse of the other side and you're like, oh, you're screaming and you're like at a concert. You're like, oh, oh my God, it's amazing. You know, and then you go back to your life and then, you know, you're like, oh, I want to go do that again. And that's really what has been happening. And that's not what's supposed to happen. And so what's happening right now in consciousness is that uh, people are being woken up because of the things that are happening to the planet, the energy field. We are at a time called the great upheaval. The great upheaval, which we shamans have been waiting for for a long time, is the great pivotal moment where we actually make an exchange of energy, where the light that we think we have now begins to see the truth and the shadow begins to rise and we get to see the truth of how we really feel, what really irritates us, what gets under our skin, what we're not going to tolerate anymore, what we won't stand for, what we won't put up with. This will then bring people's anger to the surface that has been suppressed inside of them for quite some time. That anger that not only has been suppressed inside of them, but has also been rep- uh, repressed inside of their parents or their family members that they pick, that they also taken that anger from. So it's been a bloodline of anger being drawn from one generation to the next. And that 
anger, that frustration is enough to punch a hole through the illusionary light, which everyone is that love and light nonsense that everyone gets into, which is like, oh, love and light, love and light. Yeah, okay, great. Um, and, <laughs> you know, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and get out of the love and light and get into the shadow that takes you to your real light. So then you're able to interface with data and information from the universe in a different way than just giving heart to heart, um, you know, uh, controlled hugs and, and going around loving and lighting everybody when no one ever wants, doesn't want to look at the darkness. And so you're supposed to run towards the darkness for your power. So every time you step into the darkness, just like at night, when you dream at night, when something's chasing you, if you face it, you gain powers. And these powers are brought to earth. And if you, you gain powers here and the physical, you gain spiritual powers. And so, you know, and it, it's, it's, it, the world work in both of those ways. And so when you gain spiritual powers, you gain physical powers. When you do physical things, like, for instance, like accomplish something that you, you know, learned as a kid in school. Uh, like, let's say, for instance, you were learning how to paint and do painting, but you put it away, away because you, you compared yourself to another kid who does painting. Um, by you putting it away, you didn't complete the power. But if you go back to it and stay with it, the energy is opening up a, a, you know, a surge inside of you that unlocks a key. And that key opens up a door to a power inside that belongs to you, that gives you an access to use in the spiritual plane. So there's all these um, beautiful things that actually uh, attribute to your awakening. It's not just you wake up and you're like, okay, I'm awakened. It's not like that. You're like, good morning. You're like, good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I'm awake now. No, but how? How, Shaman Dirk, do we face our shadow? <laughs> oh, it's so simple. The shadow is your best friend where it wants to be, but most people push it away. Think of it like this. You've been put into a society that makes you lie to yourself, okay, and play like sheep. And I always say the sheep days are over, right? So you've been put into a society that makes you lie to yourself. So let me give you an example. Most people in the world people please. They don't want to, but they people please. And in return, they end up attacking themselves because they people please and then honoring themselves. So they take things away from themselves. They sabotage themselves. And then they get angry and upset. They feel like people use them and take advantage of them. And then for thinking those negative thoughts or for getting upset, they go back and people please to make up for all the negativity that they've been spewing out because of the fact that they're honoring their truth. So the thing is, is that like, let's take, let's take, okay, let's take for instance, um, Ali. Okay. Ali, you, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Ali, I want you to ask your shadow, why do you keep letting people get away with things? So say why shadow, do- say shadow. You can have a conversation with your shadow. Say shadow. Shadow. Why do I let people get away with things when I know it bothers me? Why do I let people get away with things when I know it bothers me? What did your shadow say? Mm. What did it say? Because I'm not honoring myself. Right. Say, shadow, why do I choose not to honor myself? Shadow, why do I choose not to honor myself? Because I have a belief that I'm not worthy of honoring myself exactly and you see how the shadow tells you directly what it is there's no sugar coating there's no you know oh let me pet you to make you feel comfortable no the reason why people don't listen to their shadow is because they don't want to hear the truth 
They don't want to hear the truth, but the truth does set you free. They don't want to hear the truth because the shadow tells you exactly what the problem is. The shadow tells you how you really feel about things. The shadow can tell you how to get out of obstacles, how to clear things, how to make money, how to clean your life up, how to do everything. But no one wants to listen to the shadow because everybody wants to act like everything like is difficult or hard or this or that and that. And the shadow just sits there and waits for you to come to your senses. Wow. Like I said to My people, really fast. like I said to people, you know, the shadow is basically saying, I'm your love and light, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> the shadow's like sitting there going like, do you really think it's going to change? Wait, you haven't even talked to me yet. Yeah, I, I was talking to someone the other day and they said, if you can understand your own shadow, it, it helps you kind of see the shadow in other people and understand that and that brings you more compassion instead of like that judgment, that separation. Right. Um, right. Exactly. Now watch, um, Ali say shadow. Shadow. Why do I keep accepting the lie and reinforcing it in my being of I'm not good enough? Why do I keep accepting the lie and reinforcing it in my being that I'm not good enough? And what did the shadow say? I actually didn't hear anything. Say, Shadow, am I afraid of the answer? Shadow, am I afraid of the answer? Yes. Say, Shadow, I remove my fears. I need you to tell me straight out. Even if I'm afraid, I need to face things. I need to be ready to face it. You see, this is the difference between you taking one pill, you know, like in the Matrix, you have to take, what was it, the two pills? What was it, red pill? Red pill, blue pill. Red pill, blue pill. This is the difference which this is this is the difference between humanity taking those two one of the pills. One pill will keep you stuck in the matrix, the other pill will show you the truth. Which pill do you want? Do you want to live your life alive for the rest of your life and then wake up one day with an illness and wonder why? How did I get this illness? Or how did I get into this situation? Or how could I have been married to this person all these years and the whole time I was never really in love? Or how can I be living in this environment where I'm at, knowing the whole time that this environment is not conducive to who I am as a person, and this is the reason why I've been having so much complications with my health? Or how come I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in a situation with these people, and I feel toxic and drained and tired all the time, and I don't feel motivated to do anything? <laughs> you know, you see, people don't understand that their, their willingness to take the pill that keeps them in the matrix the matrix's purpose does is only for one purpose, to use your energy to keep the system going. It needs you to make babies. It needs you to follow the rules, do as what is necessary. And if you, if you, if you feel like you're going to rise up, the matrix job is to use emotional pain against you because you have no emotional intelligence. What does that mean? That means that Anytime the system wants to put people back in check because they're getting a little bit too awakened, it will create some kind of uh, situation that will shake people up emotionally and put them into fear so that the matrix can then start ushering you and where it needs you to go through television, through media, through what you read. Maybe it'll make a new model, a big star. So that way you can like marvel at her and she just thinks she's growing in her success. She doesn't realize that it's all been set up. Oh my gosh. Because why? 
because the whole purpose is, is that you follow the line and do what everyone else is doing and don't question the system and do exactly and pay for the drugs for the system that the system wants you to have, eat the food the system wants you to eat, do the things the system wants you to do, and you will have no problems. So they say. But the whole purpose of the matrix is to take your energy and make sure you make children so they have more so your children can become a part of born into a slave system. See, in shamanism, we learn this when we're kids. And our job is to observe it in humanity, see where it exists, and see how it has affected us as well. You see, I'm not exempt from this. I'm a part of this because that's how I have to come into the matrix and go out of the matrix to help people come out of the matrix. Your, your unwillingness to listen, Ali, because you're afraid of the truth, limits you from your evolution. This is why people don't. Are, when you ask me the question, do I think people are moving further? And I remember I said, I can't quite answer it in that way. I can say people are awakening, but you're saying, can, are we moving uh, forward or towards that? Not quite yet. Not because we can't, but because people don't want to know the truth. And so the matrix, that is the one thing that keeps you in the matrix is that your unwillingness to want to know the truth, even if it hurts you. Where in the movie, The Matrix, that was played by Keanu Reeves, when he took the pill and he woke up, it wasn't a pleasant sight for him. It wasn't pleasant for him in the beginning. You know, and some people wake up like the guy who, you know, double crossed them in the first matrix. He wanted to get back. He wanted to be put back in the matrix. He said, I'd rather eat a steak and enjoy. I'd rather be a part of that system and enjoy the, the, and not, and, and enjoy the understanding of not knowing. You see, I don't ever want to not know. And I think anyone who's listening should make a decision. Do you want to be a sheep? Do you want to be a sheep in a system that does not care about you? Or do you want to be a leader that, that raises other leaders to lead a message of love for our planet and make this planet and this region of space a star nation? So like creating more of a direct relationship with our shadow and really learning to listen to the truth of it, that would be how we take the, I think it's the red pill. You got it. Um, That's right. And once you take the red pill, you are going to see things you've never even, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. You're going to find out so much that has been hidden from you, so much about your family, why your parents acted the way they did, why they said the things that they did. You're going to learn so much about your own body and your powers and nature and the spirits in nature and the different energy planes that you can access, and oh my goodness, the things that you see people doing, you're going to be able to do things that will take people's mind, and people will say, what? How is that even possible? Like wow. right now, I'll that give you an example. Raquel, put your hand out in front of you. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Now, I want you to say these words, okay? Mm -hmm. I want you to say E- E. O. o mm. Mm. Good. Now, I want you to visualize the number eight, which is known as the shamanic key, known as the infinity symbol. Visualize it bright blue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, say 
ignite electricity in my hand now. Ignite electricity in my hand now. What just happened? Wow. I feel a buzz in my hand, but even my wrist. That's right. Now. And it's getting slightly warm. Yeah. Now say, expand it and travel it through my body and awaken gates that have been locked down. Expand it and allow it to travel through my body and awaken gates that have been let down. Locked down, not let down. Locked down. Wow. I feel, oh my gosh, wait, why is my left hand numb? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious. This is so weird. And my heart. That's right. Your heart. Now watch this. Say, now that the gates are open. Now that the gates are open. Bring my heart flame. Bring my heart flame. To the front of my chest so I can feel it. To the front of my chest so I can feel it. Now. (sighs) Now. Let the listeners know what you're going through. I feel a not a burning sensation, but a heating sensation in my heart right now. And now my stomach is actually, well, just below my rib cage is like turning. Yes. Now, watch this. Say, I am not afraid of my power. I am not afraid of my power. I am not a slave to this system. I am not a slave to the system. I can play in the system, but I am not of the system. I can play in the system, but I am not of the system. Open the stargate above my head. Open the stargate above my head. Now. And shock my body at 100. And shock my body at 100. Oh my God, I just jolted. Say 200. 200. Whoa, okay, I'm shaking. (laughs) 300. 300. Oh my gosh. Whoa. And my right arm is like getting extra warm. Mm -hmm. Say 400. 400. Oh my gosh. I'm shaking all over. (laughs) 500. 500. Whoa. 600. 600. My hands are sweating and I am still shaking. Now increase and say, open my sensory perception. Open my sensory perception. Connect me into the technology of Earth. Connect me into the technology of Earth. Take the magnetic plates at the base of my feet and lock them into the magnetic plates of the Earth. Take the magnetic plates at the base of my feet and lock them into the magnetic now. Earth. Now. Now. Feel that? I'm still and grounded. Yes. Now. Say, I communicate to the fairies. I communicate to the fairies. Lady Polyphilina. Lady Polyphilima. Polyphilina. Polyphilina. Head council of the fairies. Head council of the fairies. I am now locked into the earth. I am now locked into the earth. And I can receive the energy of the spirits of nature. And I can receive the energy of the spirits of nature. Lady Polyphilina. Lady Polyphilina. Shock my body with uncontrollable laughing fairy dust at 100. Shock my body with unconditional laughing fairy dust at 100. Whoa. <laughs> I actually feel a little floaty. Mm-hmm. Say 200. 200. Oh my gosh, I feel so light. 300. 300.
explain what you feel so that listeners can know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to have dead silence over here. <laughs> I'm just like, I really feel floaty right now in the best way. Mm-hmm. Hey, tribe. Interrupting this conversation just briefly to share a past convo between Allie and I to emphasize our gratitude for our sponsor, Thrive Market. And you are really going to want to listen for the steal of a deal at the end. Just saying. You'll be so proud of Raquel. I wake up at 6.30 a.m. every day and I write for a full blown hour. A full hour, whether I have the words or not, whether it's nonsense or genius, um, most of the time it's nonsense, but sometimes you get a good nugget in there. But anyways, to wake up in the morning instead of kind of overloading myself with four cups of coffee like I used to, um, I've been doing the essential oils that I brought up last week, actually, because you can use them for anxiety. Um, And for anxiety, I would do kind of a more calm one, like lavender, frankincense, any of the really pure oils. And you could actually find them on Thrive Market. They are amazing. It's like the cheapest, highest quality way. And it comes right to your doorstep because personally, like walking into a store when there's a million different options, that actually causes me anxiety and you don't want to go buy something for your anxiety and then (laughs) be caused more anxiety by That is brilliant. Wow. That was for the anxiety, but for writing to wake me up, um, I'll use peppermint um anything any of the more awakening ones peppermint's amazing but you can dilute it with coconut oil and put it on your ears i've said this before because the ears have so many nerve endings in them they're super sensitive and that'll wake you right up um if you smell them i mean the power of smell is such a direct effect on your nervous system it's incredible so yeah i would just recommend thrive market that's where i get on my good stuff Oh, they're so good because they have their own brand as well of high quality goods that really are less than market prices. You can actually order uh, not only oils, but groceries. That's what they're really known for that are up to 50% less than what you can get at any matrix store that is near you. And they deliver it straight to your door, which is so amazing. If you haven't taken advantage of this offer, I don't know what you're doing because you seriously get $60 worth of free groceries. There is no catch plus free shipping and a free 30-day trial. If you sign up at thrivemarket.com forward slash your own magic, that's where you will get that free groceries for you and your family. Send it to your friends, thrivemarket.com forward slash your own own magic. Mm-hmm. Now, Ali, you there? I'm there. Okay. Now you're gonna. I want you to do this. I want you to say the word V O M A. V O M A. Say it. V O M A. Good. Say create an energy ball in front of my stomach now. Create an energy ball in front of my stomach now. To deal with the part of my being that doesn't believe it's good enough. To deal with the part of my being that doesn't believe it's good enough. And pull the poison out of my mouth and throat of me not being good enough. And pull the poison out of my mouth and throat of me not being good enough. Through deep yawn or cough it out of my system now. Deep yawn or cough it out of my system now. I'm yawning. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
You're cleaning the, 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 this, this thing out of your life. Say increase and make it stronger. Increase and make it stronger. Feel a lot of tingling. Mm-hmm. Say bring all the energy of my father out of my body. Bring all the energy of my father out of my body. Whoa, I have chills at my spine. The need for feeling not good enough is over. The need for feeling not good enough is over. Bring the remnants of all energies associated to not feeling good in my bloodline out of my mouth and throat now. Bring all the energies in my bloodline that are associated with not feeling good out of my body now. <sighs> yeah, I yawned and I feel a lot of tingling in the back of my shoulder blades. Mm -hmm. Now say any spirit attachments that have been generating this response in my thoughts, I seal you in the light of unconditional love now. Any spirit attachments that have been encouraging these thoughts, I seal you in the light and release you from my body now. You feel that? Yeah, I feel almost like um more weight, like more grounded. This is called cosmic shifting, okay? Now you're going to spirit hack yourself anymore. This is what I'm teaching, what I'm doing right now with you is called spirit hacking. Okay. Now you're going to say spirit that was, um, the spirit that is now in the light. The spirit that is now in the light. How do you feel now that you're in the light? How do you feel now that you're in the light? I'm smiling. Say, speak to me. Oh, do this. Say, remove the block so that I can hear the spirit speak to me now and draw it out of my mouth and throat. Remove the block so that I can hear the spirit speak to me now and draw it out of my mouth and throat. I just hear a ringing in my ears. Good. You're opening up your ability to hear into the spirit world. Let's give it a shot now. Say, spirit guides, are you here with me? Spirit guides, are you here with me? I just feel a warm sensation. Good. Say, if that's you, increase it. If that's you, increase it. I can feel my heart beating in my chest. Good. Now say, communicate to my inner thoughts. Spirit guides, are you with me? Communicate to my inner thoughts. Spirit guides, are you with me? Yes. Is it really this easy to talk to you? Is it really this easy to talk to you? Yes. I ask them, um, what do they think about you opening up your powers? 
outside and coming out and, and defying the matrix. What do you think about me opening up my powers and coming out of the matrix? I just got this visual of like them tapping their watch like it's about time. Very good. You're learning how to communicate to your guides. <laughs> I have chills that that happened. I feel like I'm being hugged right now. You are being hugged right now. <laughs> you see, there is powers that go beyond the physical realm. But this world wants you to believe that magic is not real. And if they can get you to believe it and just see a tree as a tree, a flower as a flower, you will lose the part of your being that knew the magic that existed when you were a child. Mm. The tree is not just a tree. <laughs> the water is not just water. The flower is not just flower. The wind is not just wind. These are spirits of great power. You are not just some person on planet Earth dropped off here to live a horrible life. You are walking, breathing creator. Yes. And that's why we call this your own magic. <laughs> um, you mentioned the plant medicine earlier, and I know that a lot of our listeners are curious about it. So when do you feel is... Um, the right time to do ayahuasca with integrity and who should really be looking to do a ceremony like that? You're asking a person who doesn't agree with any of those methods that have been given, that people have been stepping into. I believe that if you are going to, if you want to do ayahuasca or iboga or, you know, any of the, uh, you know, the medicines that are available now, like Sapo and Combo and all these different things, and there's so much more, of course, Morning Glory and Peyote. And, you know, I mean, we can just go down the list. Uh, African Catbush. I mean, the list goes on. I haven't heard of any of these except for ayahuasca. Well, there you go. Um, it's, it's a shaman's responsibility to understand what medicines that humans are digesting into their being. You know, and then there's other medicines, of course, like marijuana. And then there's medicine, there's spirits that people put in their system called alcohol, you know. And so mm. all of these things, right? Um, affect your human body. The physical spirit is affected by it. That means that it poisons your system. So yeah, you can do these things, but what it's doing is it's engaging your physical spirit into a form of death, into an idea that it's dying. And through that, it allows you to experience um, the, you know, the psychosomatic experience of, you know, of that, ex what happens to your spirit when you, when your body is feeling that. And the thing is, if you don't have these powers, like I just showed you that you have, and you don't know how to use them, that's why spirit shamans are like what well, myself, spirit shamans are one of the oldest shamans on the planet. Like for instance, in Mongolia, you have spirit shamans, you don't see them putting any kind of medicine in their body. They're purists like me, you know, because Mongolian shamans just don't do that because they know it distorts and alters the physical self. The, uh, the electrons, the, the anatomy, the organs, you know, the way that your, your, your synapsis is firing off uh, to your electrodes, you know, all of these things. And so 
we don't adhere to using any form of medicine. We adhere to you learning the technology of the spirit world while being fully present in your body when you can access those realms in 10 times more than someone who would be on ayahuasca. Like I have people come in and see me and like they've done ayahuasca and they'll say to me, oh my God, Shaman Dirk, this was stronger than being on ayahuasca and I'm not on anything right now. And I just went into a whole nother, I just, I can't believe my body is shaking and I'm throwing up in this trash can and I'm seeing spirits and I'm traveling through these dimensions. I just went through a wormhole. Like, what was that? And I was like, that is you actually going on these experiences because you're, you, you don't have to engage your body to poison, to, to emit through your sensory, through your system, through your, your biological system, your, your, your beautiful spacesuit that you were given to carry out this path that you're on here on Earth to, to, to bring our brothers and sisters home and you know, to do this evacuation process. You don't need that. But if you choose to do that, right, because I'm not here to tell people what to do. If you choose to take medicine and you really feel this calling to take medicine for whatever reason it is, as you can see how I'm saying it, because I'm being facetious and funny. <laughs> yeah. If you really feel you got to take that medicine, step up right here. I just here, feel step called right to, here. okay? I just feel called to, okay? Right. Exactly. I'm like, right here. I'm like, step up, step up. Get your ayahuasca. Get your ayahuasca. Next. <laughs> you know? I'm a big character. I'm like, literally, I, I sometimes my friends call me like, they call me like the second Robin Williams. I make uh, character voices all the time. Are Bring them called, out. If you are filled to be called to step into that space where you feel like you need to take medicine, then I encourage you to, to cultivate some powers. Because the most thing that I see is that people will take the medicine and they'll see, and they'll be, I will talk to them afterwards when they come back from Peru or whatever. And they say to me, I said, what did you see? They said, oh, I saw these blue spitting rings. I said, okay. And they say, that's it. I said, oh, did you know that those were portals? And did you know if you drew a triangle in the air and you said these words, you could actually get those, ring, those, those rings to spin so fast that you could actually go right through them and go to another dimension and meet other beings and learn new information? No. They're like, no. I'm like, well, yeah, that's the problem. This is the reason why I find it funny because people are just going for like a big Disneyland experience. Everyone's like, oh, yay, look, it's the world of color, you know? <laughs> Yeah, they can go beyond Disneyland. If they had, if they could look, if they did what you just did right now, um, Raquel and Allie, if they did, if they knew how to access that power that you just experienced right now, uh, it'll be a whole different experience. Wow. And I believe it. And I want you to share your story of you going into, well, you know what story I'm talking about, right? The near-death experience, because that is one of one of the most life-changing stories that altered my perspective of how I see this human life experience today. And so I would just love for you to share with our listeners your near-death experience story and what that taught you about this human experience. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go back in that. <laughs> <laughs> This story is everything. Let me just go back to um, the moment. Um, I woke up in the morning. I just got back from the jungle in uh, Jaguar jungle in Belize. And um, I just woke up. I was just came in. I had this, you know, um, kind of restless night. I got up and there was a spirit in my room. And it basically said, are you ready? And I said, yes. And it reached into my body and I fell on the floor 
and I couldn't stand and I was trying to get to a phone. I was crawling on the wood floor of my tree house in, um, in Silver Lake and I was crawling on the floor and I got the phone. My, I called my friend Marcus. He came over with his truck. He grabbed me, put me in the truck. We drove down the street about maybe three blocks and my head smashed into the dashboard into his kept smashing into the dashboard. And um, from what I found out was that I was having a seizure and he couldn't drive me any further. So he pulled the car over and called the ambulance. The ambulance came, took me into the ambulance. I was having rolling seizures, so I couldn't remember much other than my head hurting because I remember smashing into the window and smashing into the dashboard. And when I got into the ambulance, um, they had, um, I guess I had blacked out and I was having seizures after seizure after seizure. Finally, I came to enough to be coherent. And this the guy was in front of me, he had like curlyish, kind of like blondish, wavy hair, blue eyes, um, you know, kind of all American look said to me, you know, you, I said, what happened? And he said, you've been having rolling seizures. And, I, and I've never had a seizure in my whole entire life. So I was like, that's what a seizure is like. He goes, what? And I said, well, I've never had one before. So now I have. So I had the experience of a seizure. So I'm just making a mental note of that's what a seizure is like in the human form. And he was like, he, he was like, that's very strange. No one's ever said that to me before. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, I mean, you have an experience for the first time. You kind of want to record that. And then um, he's like, well, you're probably going to have more. And he's like, we're getting you to the hospital as quick as we can. And I've given you something to like calm you, to calm you down a bit. But we put pads on the side of your, of your um, bedding, uh, bed thing here, the stretcher that they had me in um, so that your, so your head doesn't smash against the, the railing and stuff like that. And so they got me to Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital. They wheeled me in. They didn't have any rooms available. So they brought me right up to the front of the emergency and Marcus was with me holding my hands and um, I was crying. I was in um, pain and then the pain stopped and all of a sudden the room turned like a liquidy golden color and there was this woman standing there talking to me and she had said to me that, she said to me, beloved child of light, I've come here to assist you in your process of leaving the body. Um, the most important thing um, do, through the process of me helping you is for you not to fight because the more you fight, the more attached you are to the body. So the more you'll feel the pain of the human body. And um, I just was listening to her, you know, and um, and I said, well, when is this going to happen? And she said, it's going to happen within, you know, four to five minutes. And um, all of a sudden I was she disappeared, the whole room returned to normal and Marcus was there and he's like, where were you? You were kind of staring off and, at the wall. And I said, Marcus, I'm going to die. And he goes, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not going to die. Everything's going to be fine. They're going to get the nurse. They're going to check you up. They're going to, you know, they're going to get you all squared away. And Marcus is this tall guy who's like six, six feet, four, you know, blonde hair. He's, you know, he does a lot of uh, those films where he plays a lot of in the costumes. Like he's the good he does all the, like, you know, that kind of stuff. He's very athletic, you know, just, and always very positive energy. And he was just like, nope, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. You know, they're going to get you, you know, situated and all that. And I grabbed his hand and I said, no, they're not. I said, I'm going to die and I don't want to die alone. So please don't leave me. 
He goes, you're not going to die. I said, Marcus, please promise me I'm not, you're not going to leave me. I don't want to die alone. I just don't want to know I'm dying and be by myself. You know, it's one of my biggest fears. And he said, I, I won't leave you. And he said, but I need to call a nurse. I said, no, Marcus, please don't leave me. I'm going to die. And he goes, you're not going to die. I said, Marcus, please, I'm going to die. Like, I know I'm going to die. And he goes, when? I said, in a couple more minutes. I only have a couple minutes left. And I just want to let you know how much I love you. And all of a sudden, as I was saying it, I just started, like, shaking profusely. I couldn't stop the shaking in my legs and my arms and my hands. And um, I felt knives stabbing me all over my body. All of a sudden, I felt this pain retching through my chest and my rib cage. And I, all of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. My lungs had collapsed. So I started slamming my hand against my throat and I couldn't get any oxygen. So he freaked out and saw me and he was trying to, you know, help me, but he couldn't. So he went and got help and um, they came. And at that point I was having another seizure. I was, my body was flying up in the air. So they were holding, the two nurses were holding me, pushing my chest back down into the bed to hold me down. But my legs were flying up. They couldn't hold me from the, from how, how much my body was flying up in the air. And the pain was so unbearable. I never felt pain like that before. And I could feel every part of my body shutting down. And uh, I remember hearing this voice talking to me as it was happening, saying, you're holding on. You have to let go of the body. It's okay. You have to let go of the body. You're fighting. You have to let go. And I just wouldn't let go. I felt my eyes bulging, bulging out. I felt you know, everything falling apart in my physical form. And the pain got so much that finally I surrendered. I let go. I couldn't hold on anymore. The pain was too much. And I can't, it was like literally being pulled out of my body. Like I was being pulled, you know, just pulled out like, like liquid, like I was pulled out of my body and I could see everything. I could hear everything. I could tune in from all directions. I could see what people were thinking and talking in their mind and what they were talking out of their mouths. I saw everything. And I remember them working on my body and they're like, we lost him. He, you know, we lost him. And I see them trying to shock me and I could see all of this going on. And then I saw my grandmother and my ancestor um, and my aunt and um they said to me you know um you made you made it out and you have to go through this part by yourself everyone has to go through this part by themselves but you're not really by yourself just so you know they told me and um they're like you're never by yourself we're always with you you just it will seem like you're by yourself because you have to see all of these things yourself and all of a sudden, the room, the room, the, like everything started looking like I was in a swimming pool on the bottom of a pool, like I was swimming to the surface, but I could see like the, the light shimmering from the top. And, um, and then all of a sudden, I was in this black ocean, everything got black, like blackness came into the thing and I was floating in water, swimming through this dark, deep area of like the darkest part of the ocean. And I could feel myself in the sound of the water. I could hear the sound of the water moving around me. And then all of a sudden, I remember these lights and these colors. I could feel the sound moving around me, but I, I felt like it was contained, like I was contained in it. Like I couldn't really move, but I was in there. And I didn't know where the, the way out was. I just knew that there were these lights and these colors. And then all of a sudden, I realized that... Um, I was actually inside 
of something. And then I was outside of it at the same time. I was in a hospital room and I was seeing my mother and she had her legs on these stirrups and she was giving birth and to a baby and it was me. And I remember my dad wasn't there. I remember the doctor's face. I remember everything. I remember my mom and what she felt. And, um, and then all of a sudden it just showed me like that scene. And I remember smiling at it and seeing myself as a little baby being born. And then I remember going to the next scene and the next scene and the next scene to my parents' divorce and to when they left each other and to my first day at kindergarten and to, you know, everything I went through all the way up leading back to me being back in the hospital when I died. And I saw every aspect of my life. And I saw every aspect of how I affected people by the things I said and did. And I saw every aspect of what I went through. And I had like this feeling come over me of like love and just being okay with everything. And then all of a sudden, so I'm going to get emotional. So that's why I get emotional. Okay. Um, ah, okay. It was it was like I was okay with everything, you know, it was like, it was, I mean, there was a lot of things that I'd gone through in my life, like, you know, um, in my teenage years and stuff, I was an alcoholic. I, you know, I was training in shamanism while being, having drug addiction and alcoholism. And, you know, I went to being abused as a child and, you know, molested by my male babysitter and like all kinds of things happened to me, you know, and I saw it all, you know, and, everything I did and everything I did to myself and everything I did to others and every comment, everything that came out of my mouth and how it affected that person and how they, how they, how they felt it and how it affected their lives and what came from it and all of it. And then to the point of me dying again and seeing myself dying this time from the outside and watching myself, watching everything. And like, like I was watching a movie, but I was in the movie and literally just moving around the, 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 you know, people and stuff. And, um, and then it was just like this feeling that came over me. It was like, this is okay. This is okay. My life was okay. Like, it's okay. I can let it all go. And the moment I did, I, um, everything went black and I was swimming. I saw these lights coming through the water of this dark, whatever I was in this darkness. And there came through this, these lights and I swam towards this light and the light was so bright. It was getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And I remember saying to myself in my consciousness, I'm home. And, um, I came out of it, out of this pool of water and I was on a beach and I could see mountains. I could see sky. I could see, you know, other people coming out of this water. And there were, there was this woman standing in front of me, the same one from the hospital. And she said, um, you know, she's like, welcome home. I know you have a lot of questions. Uh, before we answer your questions, uh, would you like, what kind of, what do you want to look like? What kind of body do you want to have? Or do you want a body? Perhaps you don't even want a body, you know, it's like, so she was like giving me the options if I wanted to be a body or did I just want to be a consciousness or did I want to be a sound wave? Like she was just laying, letting me know. And then I should, I said, I want to have the body that I had before. And all of a sudden I saw my hands appear and my feet was on the sand with the water hitting my feet and the water felt so warm. The sand felt so good. 
and my hands, I touched my hands. I didn't feel any bones. I didn't feel any, any kind of cold and hot sensations. Everything was just the perfect temperature. It was like warm, loving energy. And I remember reaching and touching the sand and rubbing it through my fingers. And it was like just this, the best experience ever. And I remember thinking this is the best experience and everything I'm experiencing is the best. It's like, like, you know, the best experience. And I remember looking up at the sky and hearing this music. And um, I, I looked at her again and she said, you know, you don't have to speak to me. You can talk to me through consciousness. Um, there's so many things I'm here to share with you to, to help you, you know, remember where you are, where you come from. And I said, I, she goes, you have questions first, so go with your questions. And she said, so I was like, why do people suffer? Why do people die? Why do people get sick? How come there's war? How come people are being killed innocently? How come, you know, I was like asking all these questions about earth, you know? And um, the question that, you know, I asked all these questions and the answer I got for every question was malfunction in thinking. Malfunction in thinking. And it wasn't like a debate. It wasn't like a, I didn't believe you. It wasn't anything like that. It was like, as soon as I got the answer, I knew it was true and I accepted it and I moved on. And then she asked me, um, do I want to go to a community area first or do I want to go visit a family member or do I just want to go and talk? And I said, I want to go to community area. And she said, do you want to just go there? How would you like to get there? And I said, well, how can we get there? She goes, you can get there any way you want to get there. And I said, well, can we just glide over there? And she said, yes. And we started gliding. I saw mountains. I saw a beautiful ocean with the sky. And it was like grass. And I touched the grass. I was feeling everything to see if it, what it felt like. It was amazing feelings and sensations. And everything was so beautiful like like i mean lush and beautiful and the colors and the smells and the texture of things was just so different from what we have on earth and and uh we went to a community area i met this little girl and she had told me that she had died in um a war on earth and then she uh chose to be a little girl because she never got a chance to experience being a little girl because she ended up not having a chance to be um, a child because she because of the war, and we were talking, and then they took me to see my family members and then friends of mine, and then she told me, "Do you want to know more about the Earth? This is what we're um, I'm getting from you." And I said, "I said, what do you mean you're getting from me?" And she told me, "You know, we're all connected in consciousness." She said, "Look at these orbs, and there were these like white orbs moving through." And she's like, this is the consciousness of every being that comes home and we create the perfect heaven for all of them. Like everyone gets their own view of what brings them joy, love, and you know what makes them feel alive in every way. And you have that here as well. So if you want to go there um, or do you want to learn more things? And she, I said, I want to learn more things about earth. And she took me to learn about, you know, the quantum levels of earth, that like there are all these different earths that exist. We're not the only one. And that, you know, and there's all these folds in space. And, you know, she was explaining to me everything. And um, she had told me about, you know, uh, why we are on earth, what we came there for. She reminded me when I, when I first left home to take this mission. And there were all these, you know, beings who came to support me. 
and that process and they're on earth as well. And if I want to go back, I can. And if I want to stay, it's my choice as well. And, and I had member asking like, it's okay if I stay. And she said, yes, of course. Or you can go back. What do you want? And I said, I want to go back. And she asked me if I, she wanted, if I wanted my memory erased. And I said, no. And uh, she said, you know, if you don't have your memory erased, just to be aware that you will remember this place and while being on earth and density, and that can cause a lot of um, human confusion. And I said, no, I'm okay with it. I don't want to erase. And she said, okay. And they, she took me back to the water and there was all these other people who were going back and we went into the water and all of a sudden I was flying through these stargates and all of these images and stuff. And I mean, there's so much more that I did there, but I, you know, it would be forever. You'd have like another hour on your podcast, but I was flying through space and I remember seeing all these different galaxies. And finally we came into this region of space and I saw earth was so magnificently huge and beautiful and blue and all these just magnificent energy and colors. And um, I flew towards it. And I ended up back in the hospital. They were shocking me and giving me an adrenal um, jolt with the shock. And I came to, and I was in shock. I ended up punching the doctor. I couldn't move. And the doctor said that I was paralyzed. That He's like, Mr. Verrett, you're paralyzed. You're paralyzed. And um, they're like, we're going to induce you in a coma because you have brain damage and all this stuff. He was explaining. I couldn't understand anything he was saying to me. And I woke up with, like, my hands in restraints because I – supposedly, you know, punched the doctor and did all these things. And, um, yeah, I woke up with my hand in restraints and they basically gave me my, they told me like, you know, your kidneys are failed. Your liver is almost failed. Your brain damage, you can't move your legs. Your body can't function. Your body can't, um, feed itself on its own. You know, your lungs are collapsed. You're breathing your, you know, your lungs are filled up with fluid and blood um, so we have these two canisters here to keep sucking out the fluid and blood. Um, you, you've died about four more times. Um, and then you died another two more times and we brought you back into a coma. We, we tried to pull you out of coma before a month ago, but we couldn't pull you out. Um, cause when, as soon as we brought you out, you died again. And so, um, we have held you in a coma and now we feel like you're strong enough, but we don't know if you're going to make it. So we, we, you know, you're on life support and, you know, I remember just listening to everything they were saying to me and I just couldn't move my body. I was paralyzed and I just, just like tears coming out of my eyes. I couldn't move. I was, it's like, I felt like I was trapped in my own body and I'm, this woman appeared and she said to me, she said, beloved child of light, uh, don't listen to anything that they say to you. This technology and understanding of this facility is um, very little information of what we can teach you and show you how to get out of this situation. Uh, you just have to listen to us and there will be darkness will come to, to, to keep you distracted and you can't let it distract you. And so, you know, she left and I was just there and then um, darkness came in the room and basically said to me, like, why do you care so much about the people of earth? Why don't you just let them be? No one's going to free us. No one can free us. We can't, no one's going to um, want to accept us and love us home into the light after everything that we've done. 
the humans will never forgive us for what we've done. They'll, they'll fall right into the darkness just for their need to condemn us. By condemning us, they condemn themselves. Why do you, want to, why do you think you can change their mind? Why, do you, why did you come back? Why didn't you stay home? I mean, it was like bombardment of these beings, these shadow beings in my room just bombarding me with these questions and stuff and talking in my ear and like be laying in my bedside saying things like, just give up, just go, just leave, you know? And the woman came back and she's like, these are the beings from the underworld that I told you about. This is the beings that are trapped and why you came to this planet to free them because they were souls. They had human bodies like you. And she was telling me everything. She's like, they had human bodies like you and they got taken over by the dark matter and it got into their consciousness and they started acting out of the spirit of love and doing things to hurt themselves and hurt others. And because of it, when they died and they saw their life played before them, they couldn't accept what they did when they saw everything as it really is. And so they turned away from the light and chose to go into a dark realm. And they're held and suspended within darkness on in, in, in between the realm. And you have the ability and everyone else has the ability to bring them home, but you're going to have to move beyond fear and move beyond, um, you know, uh, the unknown and move beyond all these things she was telling me. And I just was listening to her. I couldn't really say much and the physical body because my physical body wasn't working. But finally, when she taught me how to put my physical body back together, my sister grabbed the pen and I kept writing malfunction and thinking, malfunction and thinking, malfunction and thinking over and over and over. And um, literally, she helped me piece my brain together. But even after that, I, you know, I was in a wheelchair. I was on dialysis for eight years, and you know, the spirits for told eight me, years? yeah, for eight years. Um, and the spirits told me that I was a part of my rites of passage. That I needed to understand human suffering, and while going through suffering, I needed to never complain or ask for someone to give me a kidney. I had to experience the fullness of what people feel like when they're in desperate places, of like this is their life and this is what life looks like for them and what mentality they go through so I can help them. And so I, I was like, okay, I get it. I never complained. I always went to the dialysis center early to spend time with the doctors and give them neck massages and the nurses. And <laughs> I came up with being, I created bingo night for the other, for the other patients, you know, while we were in the chair for four hours, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we'd have bingo and that bingo night. And, you know, I would come in sometimes and sing and perform for them and make them laugh because these people are living on this machine and I was too, but I wasn't going to let myself be a victim or feel sorry for myself. I wanted to see this as a shamanic journey to becoming something greater than what I pain I was experiencing. And, uh, I remember, I remember, um, you know, my friends would say to me, you know, it's, it's crazy you know, you healed your brain damage, but you couldn't heal your kidneys and you have all these powers. Why can you do it? And I said, it wasn't meant for me to do it. There's a lesson here of humbleness for me. There's a lesson of devotion. There's a lesson of loving humanity enough to understand the suffering that they go through and see it as a me getting my PhD in suffering so I can understand how to help other people who go through chronic illnesses and suffer and people who feel like depressed and they can never pull themselves out of it. And, you know, all of these things, that's the shaman's path. And if you ever read about shamans, shamans always carry some kind of illness or something happens to them that makes them, you know, understand the depth of humanity. And literally that whole experience 
changed my life because, you know, my whole life I was, you know, I um, was studying a lot. My father is, uh, you know, we have shamanic side in my family and we also have seven day Adventist, which keeps the very Jew, um, um, Jewish holy days. You know, we make Shabbat dinner. We light one candle in the house. You know, we're that, you know, very strict you know, diet, you can't eat, you know, you have to eat healthy, you have to eat certain things that are kosher, you know, everything has to be done a certain way. And growing up and studying religion and hearing that God gets angry and God gets mad and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, wondering like, what kind of God, what kind of, what, what, why do I even exist if there's something that could destroy me? You know, if I do something wrong, you know, like, why? Like, what is this? And why is this wall here? And why are these cars here? And what is this place? You know, and I remember as a kid saying this to myself, like, what kind of, what do you mean God will destroy us? And what do you mean, what are these rules? And we have to follow them. And what happens if we don't? We go to hell. We go, we sit in a fiery lake. We, you know, like all these things that, you know, I heard people say out of the Bible. And everyone says, oh, you know, when you die, you stay in your coffin and you sleep until until Angel Raphael comes and blows the sacred trumpet and you wake up to judgment day and then there's a book and then the God judges you and then those who are who go to heaven go to heaven and those who go to hell spend the rest of their eternity in hell you know and I just was like my whole life I just I was so sickened by that story so sickened by the idea that a creator would love and hurt at the same time it was so conflicting and so scary and such a horror story and I got to a point where, you know, like I just couldn't understand it. And when I died, the greatest thing that I got when I died was finding out that it was all bullshit. And like, you know, (laughs) you know, and that like God doesn't even play in the realm of duality. God doesn't play Santa Claus. God doesn't sit on a, on a cloud, dulling out punishments to those who do not obey and dulling out wishes for those who do. There is no such thing as karma. When you do something, things come back to you and you, you have to, this bad karma that you get or this good karma you get. No. What I found out was, is that every time you think something or open your mouth, God creates it. So whatever you think and whatever you say, it gets created. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. If you say the world's against me, God will send the people to be against you. If you say everyone loves me, then God will show, bring people in your life that love you. If you say things are easy, then they become easy. If you say life is hard, it stays hard. Then God will make it hard. If you say money's hard to come by or I'm having money problems, if you say the word I'm having money problems, all of a sudden you will have more money problems. It's whatever comes out of your mouth. And the interesting thing about it The interesting thing about the whole thing is that human beings are creating this world because they don't understand God. They don't know God. They don't even know that their inner child inside of them is God playing as the little child to see if you would love the child inside of you, thus love God in return, thus love all creation. Watch, go like this, uh, Raquel. Say, I want to talk to my little girl. I want to talk to my little girl. Say little girl. Little girl. Are you God disguised as my little girl? Are you God disguised as my little girl? <laughs> yes. Can you create anything? Can you create anything, make money if you want to, make me like do anything? Can you create anything, make money if you want to, do anything? 
Yes. And does it and say and ask her, does it all that matters is what I say and you and that's what you become? She's smiling so big, by the way. And it all that I'm saying is what I become. Yes. So if I say I'm stupid, do you make me stupid? So if I say I'm stupid, do you make me stupid? Yes. She interrupted me, yes. Yeah, honey. <laughs> And this is why the world is the way it is, because human beings think incorrectly. They think against themselves. They don't think for themselves. They think against themselves. They'll say, I have money problems. And all of a sudden, then this God has to create money problems for them just because they said it. Yeah. Tribe, short interruption to thank our sponsor who has been with us since day one and it seems that the yomis just love hum nutrition first i wanted to just thank every single one of you who has rated and reviewed the podcast out of the kindness of your souls and you also just happened to be entered in the giveaway and we're now on i believe the fourth round of the amazing hum giveaway gifting hum products all around the globe not just the united states i believe we've also sent to denmark and australia all over because hum is just showing their gratitude for you as this is a long-term relationship with the soul tribe and they're continuing their giveaway for another round giving three more of our listeners hum products and i i am in love with their products like when I was dealing with my belly issue that I brought from Bali, I took Hum's Gut Instinct and the Flatter Me tablets, which, as you know, helped get things running a little more, as I say, smoothly, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but what I really love from them are their raw beauty superfood powders, especially their mint chocolate chip infusion and ginger snap ginger snap to add to my blended drinks and like i said hum is continuing to offer three more of our listeners three months of 150 dollars worth of hum products for free so generous all you have to do is rate and review our podcast and send a screenshot to info at your own magic dot life info at your own magic dot life and in the meantime, try Hum out as they gift the Soul Tribe 20% off their purchases at humnutrition.com when you use the promo code MAGIC. That's humnutrition.com promo code MAGIC. And speaking of Hum, that just reminds me of a meditation our master had Ali and I do in India where we would hum for about... 30 minutes or more, plugging our ears with our thumbs, and <laughs> I just remember experiencing a numbing and buzzing sensation all over my face. It was amazing. So a little meditation hat tip to try. Try that and hum nutrition for 20% off using promo code MAGIC. And now enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> It's almost like our voice or the way that we speak about ourselves is the pain. Yeah, I call it the magic wand. Lives, kind of. I call it so, I call it the, the, the sorcery magic. because so in the in sorcery, sorcery means every word that comes out of your mouth creates something. Wow. So you're either cursing yourself or you're creating. You're either destroying or you're creating. And like 
people don't know. Okay. Like there's all these religious people. I travel the world. I meet with all these religious people. I listen to them. And I'm just so like, are you kidding me? And they'll try to even convince me. Like, I love it. Like, I'll have, like, some Muslim uh, religious leaders try to convince me. I'll have, like, um, you know, some uh, Christian uh, religious leaders try to convince me. And I look at them and I say, look, my loves, okay, I know what you're saying and I know where it's coming because I've read the Quran. I've read the Bible upside down and and all over the place. And I can tell you this. Even in the Bible, it says, Jesus says, in uh, I, I believe it's uh, Matthew 23, 22.3. I have to double check that. But it basically says, uh, how does one enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus looks at the disciples um, and says to them, look at that child to tell you the truth. In, enter to, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, one must be as a child. That means that you have to be open, non-judgmental not putting labels on yourself, playful, free, um, making things fun and joyous and light. People are so hard on themselves. They're so heavy, heavy people. I go like, you know, like I say, the walking zombies, you know, they're so heavy. I'm like, why are you so heavy? Be light. Come skip with me. Come paint with me. You know, like yes, the other day I went and got my sticker. My I got new my one of my uh, students came and she got me more, new unicorn stickers for my my sticker book, and you know, and I jumped up and down. I was so excited. I got my new stickers to put in my sticker book. So I, you know, the, my person came over to do a pedicure for me, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm putting my new stickers in my unicorn sticker book." She goes, "You have a sticker book." She goes, I said, yes, of course I have a sticker book. Do you I have a sticker book? I am getting a sticker book tomorrow. How could you not have a sticker book? How come you don't have toys? You think because I the Matrix that. programmed you that you had to give those things up because it's considered adolescent? Mm-hmm. No, these things keep God alive in you. It reminds you to be as a child, you know? And watch, watch. Ask, ask mm-hmm. your little girl. Say little girl. Little girl. When I play as a kid... Is that when you're the closest to me? When I play as a kid, is that when you're the closest to me? Yes. And I just, I recently went to a playground and just swung. I just had that visualization of me doing that. I was just swinging on the swing. It was so fun. I love the swing set. <laughs> I love the swing set. I love the playground. Yeah, absolutely. Like today, I'm going to go see a bunch of friends are coming over and we're going to go watch Avengers. And we were going to go to Universal Studios in Disneyland, but everyone kind of went out. Some people were tired and, you know, so we kind of changed it. Sam's like, no, let's do it next week. So I was like, okay. But yeah, we do a lot of fun things together. We'll go to trampoline land. We'll go go-kart racing, like, you know, miniature golf. We have game night, you know. Oh, I love that. How do we binge Harry Potter movies? <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, Harry Potter is awesome. You have to have my friend on your uh, podcast, my friend Bonnie, Bonnie Wright. She's, uh, she played Ginny Weasley in, um, in Harry Potter. <laughs> and and yes. we, did, like, we did like Harry, we go sticker shopping and stuff. And it was so funny because we were in, we were at the Grove and we wanted to go pack, pick up new stickers for our sticker book because Bonnie has her sticker book and I have my sticker book. And so we always like getting stickers and stuff. And literally went into the sticker shop and we're like with my friend Aaron and um, we're in the sticker shop and all of a sudden, and I was like looking around and there's this huge sticker of the whole of all like of her and Henry, um, Harry, I mean, not Henry, Harry (laughs) and the whole, you know, all of them. 
And I was so funny. Like I was, I looked and then my friend Aaron goes, Oh my God. Cause we were that day we were going to do like a Harry Potter marathon, but we decided to change it and decide to go sticker shopping. Oh, and I literally it. it was right there. And so we took a picture of her and the people in the shop were like, what, what, why? And we're like, and, and then Bonnie goes, no, that's me. That's me when I played um, Guinea and Harry Potter. And they're like, no way. And so all these people, you know, are like so excited and stuff, but that is yeah, so cool. She would love to come on your podcast. She loves all that stuff. I know. Allie would love to have her. I would love to have her, but I know Allie would love to have her. I need to tell binge watch all of the Harry Potter movies with me. Yes. <laughs> and also, when, Allie when, uh, has a toy coming her way, just so she, you know. <laughs> oh, yay. What kind of toy is it? It may or may not be Harry's wand. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, why did I give up the surprise? <laughs> I'm just too excited about toys right now. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I guess that this like really fits into our final question. Um, how would you advise our listeners to create their own magic? You know, the best way to create your magic is to learn how to how to to speak as someone who understands magic. Mm-hmm. That would be my way of saying it you know because a lot of times people will talk and they're they had they don't understand that their words are magic so if i say like oh my god life is so difficult i've been dealing with all these energies bad energies coming on i'm always negative energies around me look at what kind of magic i just did wow that does actually bring me to a quick question what about poems when you write a poem and sometimes it might be a little negative is that going to have an impact on No, because you're not. No, because that's different. That's you creating something um, in the sense of like artistically instead of you actually saying it out of your mouth as a statement, as a Mm. as a you know how people will say like life is so hard. Yeah, I don't know that that right there. That's magic. They're creating. So all of a sudden, the moment they said that all of the spirits of the universe had to shift energies to make sure that everything goes hard from them this time, this day out until they change that. So they take that spell off of them. So like a lot of times people don't even realize they're casting spells all the time. And like literally, so what I tell people is this, I'm like, create windows and doors. Windows and doors means this. It means that, say a statement, say a statement to me. I'm going to show you. Go ahead, Raquel. Tell me a statement. Say something to me. Today feels really dark. Okay. So right there, you just trapped yourself in a room. So creating a window and a door would be today um, feels dark. Um, the great thing is all this new information is coming to me and I'm getting awakened right now and the light is shining through, which is expanding my viewpoint and allowing me to move into a new, a, a, a new direction. Yes. You see, yes. windows and doors means that every time you speak, you should ask yourself, does it have, a, is the energy trapped or does it keep moving? Because magic has to keep moving in order for it to keep working in creation. Every single thing you say to someone or do to someone keeps moving. Like if I go to the grocery store and I smile at the woman who's, who's bagging my food, okay? That smile can change a life. She goes home, her, her son has to take a test and you know he needs his mom to be there. But because I smiled at her, she was tired. But because I smiled, it made her feel like, wow, someone actually acknowledged me. So she goes home and, her mom, and the son goes, mom, I really need your help. And she's like, honey, I'll be right there. And she helps him. He goes to school. He gets good grades. He passes the test. He feels really good. He's there for someone else. That energy keeps moving. It never stops. Energy never stops. The moment it stops is when, well, that's, when um, that's when you're using your powers against you. 
Wow. So like if you say I'm fat. Yeah. So if you say Mm -hmm. I'm fat, you wouldn't say I'm fat. You say I'm I'm fat if you're going to use this word and then bring a window and a door into it. I'm fat. But the cool thing is my body is dropping weight so fast off of my body. My metabolism is speeding up and I'm getting I'm losing so much weight. And all of these amazing things are happening to me on a biological level. I love that. You see, like you create a window and a door and keep the energy going. You keep it moving. And that's how you manifest. That's how you use magic in the right way. That's how you actually bring magic back in your life. If someone, if someone says, you know, I'm having difficulty in my life, I can't pay my bills. You say, um, I, I have difficulty in my life, I can't pay my bills. However, amazing opportunities are being orchestrated right now from the spirits to take care of all of these things. And I'm feeling even better right now in my body that mm-hmm. I have great news coming in from someone that I haven't spoken to in a while. And all of a sudden, watch what happens. Your words are magic. Sorcery. Sorcery. Wow. And your feeling should also match that too, correct? Just by you saying it with the same emphasis that you would say any of these other statements, like, you know, the whole secret and all that stuff, you don't have to get into all that, like intending things and putting your emotions into it. That's all like very new age things. I even have done tests with that with people where literally I've taken people for like six months periods and had them like say, like I focus on them getting a car, focusing, putting the emotion in, focusing in da, 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 da. And some of them got a car and some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. And the ones that didn't was because they had all these blocks um, that needed to be worked out. They don't talk about that in the secret. It, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not going to work for everyone. But what will work is when you use it in the way that God hears it. So your inner child is listening to everything you say. If you say, I feel so sick today and you don't put a window and a door there, all of a sudden you're going to get sick. Because your child is your inner child, which is the creator, goes, oh, they want to be sick. God, sick. Uh, okay, got it. Sick you will be. Boom, done. Next. That concept of a window and door is so powerful because you're not bypassing your experience. You're just kind of creating a hole for light to come through. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, you're in, I call it enhancement. It's, it's, this is why people call me the spirit hacker. I'm a spirit <laughs> hacker. You know, I hack the spirit. My job is to find ways for you to keep moving power, keep manifesting, keep getting in your power, lifting your vibration, accessing your energies. I mean, I had a woman the other day have a panic attack. She calls me up on the phone, goes, I'm having a panic attack. She's like screaming and freaking out on the other line. And I just basically within like two minutes, re-regulated her whole body, bring her blood pressure down, changed all her molecules in her body to move in the frequency that made her panic attack completely go away instantly. Wow. Because I'm a spirit hacker. If you know how to hack the spirit, you can hack the body. If you know how to hack the spirit, you can hack the emotions. If you know how to hack the spirit, you can hack the mind. Like I had a kid who was depressed for so many years. His mom's a big TV um, personality. Comes in. She's like, well, I'm talking to every psychologist, every doctor. Depression's not going away. He just wants to kill himself. He's miserable. He had one treatment with me. One treatment. He went in the bathroom at the end of his treatment, came back in and goes, I can't believe it, Shaman Dirk. I, I go, what happened? He goes, I just went to the bathroom and as I was coming out, I looked in the mirror and said, I love you. <laughs> he goes, what was that? <gasps> went home. His mom called me and said, his depression is completely gone. He's, he's so alive. He's lit, Shaman Dirk. He's lit. He's doing all of these amazing things right now. Uh, she's like, I can't even begin to thank you. You lifted depression from my son. No psychologist could even do it. How did you do it? I don't even know. But all I can say is thank you. 
And, all... and he's not, and to this day, still, he hasn't had any depression. No depression. Wow. I had a girl who was cutting herself with razor blades. And uh, she went to every doctor, every psychologist. They couldn't get her. They're putting her on medication. You know, she was always in the hospital for cutting herself. And I just simply realized that the reason why she was cutting herself was because she was all, having all this emotional bombardment inside and she didn't know how to deal with it. And so I just helped her mom. I said, let's transfer that energy into her playing a musical instrument. And she played guitar. And literally now she goes to music school and she's playing the guitar. She stopped cutting herself and she's living her life. Wow. So it's indoors. Is creativity and artistic expression kind of um, one of the main ways to channel that pain inside or that duality? You, you can use that. It depends on the person. Again, every person is different. Some people may be music. Some people might be nature. Some people might be sports. Some people might be um, art. And some people might be dancing. Some people might be getting involved in some humanitarian thing. It really depends. And that's why the shadow plays an integral part and you being able to know what is right for you. We should all do shadow work and somehow soak up. Where can people go to find more of your wisdom and just what I did, just stalked you and went down my Shaman Durek spiral? Where can people go to find more of you? <laughs> Shaman Durek. <laughs> I did. I have read so many. I haven't only listened to so many of your podcasts. I've read so much of your work. And yeah, it's it's bad. I'm, I'm oh, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> I love you, sweetheart. I love you. And I I'm happy, you know, remember, it's not about me. It's about the message of love. I am just the messenger and I'm just the janitor. Uh, <laughs> however, what? I am happy to announce that I have started a podcast because everyone yeah. has influenced me, especially Jordan. Jordan has got me involved in my own podcast. It's called Ancient Wisdom Today. And... Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm so happy about it. I'm thrilled um, to be able to share knowledge and to bring like ancient knowledge and wisdom and, and shamanic teachings that you wouldn't get from the world from any book because you know the elders aren't going to you know tribal elders are very sacred with their knowledge and this has just been great to be able to share that with people um, on on the thing. I also do energy like you know how I did with you both with the energy. I also do that on on the podcast where people, you know, are like having experiences, experiencing power in them. Um, so I'm that's one of the ways. The other is on Instagram, uh, Shaman Durek. Um, of course, Twitter and Facebook, but I don't really use it that much. And um, <laughs> who does? And you, no one really does. And uh, um. And also, if you go to shamandurek.com, you can check out some of my meditations. And um, I have uh, my blogs. I also do a lot of workshops and lectures, teachings, TV stuff. So it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm doing all, I'm, it's growing and growing and growing because I've been more now willing to be present in the public and not be so hidden and uh, yes. coming out and really sharing the message with people to become leaders and not. And the thing is, here's the thing. And this is what I want everyone to understand. The age, the, the age of guruism is over. It's over. Now it's the age of leadership and leadership of yourself to lead, not to lead other people, but to lead them into their own leadership and for us to lead the message of love forward mm. for our species, for the planet itself. Yes. I'm not here to lead you. I'm here to make you a leader so you can lead the message with me side by side. 
heart to heart, all hearts blazing. If I look over my shoulder to the right and to the left, there you both are standing with me, holding my hand, walking with me into the darkness, past the realms of the unknown, past the boundaries of consciousness and beaming from our heart, our love into the darkness and relinquishing and, 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 and taking the darkness and lifting it, elevating it and transforming it into its real energy, which is pure, unconditional love and light. And that is why we're here. Do you feel lit about that, girl? Because that is yes. why we're here. Are we lit? Is everyone lit? Everyone is Absolutely. lit. We're on fire. Beyond That's why we're here. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's well, it. Yes. Oh, ancient wisdom today. I am binging that. I already have actually binged it in rush hour and I appreciate your podcast because it's just it's just more of you like it's a place for people to go and listen to you and there's something about your voice and your presence that just automatically kind of lifts um your mood and like puts you back in touch with yourself and your center and love so thank you uh-huh, thank you i really appreciate that that is so <laughs> kind of you to say i'm very very happy and i'm and the ancestors my ancestors are very very happy and the spirits are very happy and you know, for me, it's not about the things that I'm doing or how many likes I have and all that stuff. It's about the message. You know, I use all my social media platforms not to glorify my life, but to expand the lives of others. I feel that, you know, these platforms, they are very interesting platforms that we've created on Earth. You know, our technology is a little bit um, backwards in the sense of, you know, it, it, it learns about us to, to sell us more crap. Yeah. However, technology should be teaching us how to elevate ourselves and, and to graduate ourselves into higher consciousness or higher levels of living, you know, by learning about us for the purpose of helping us evolve. However, I use my social media platforms for just that, for the people. It's, it's all about putting the power back in the hands of the people. That's why I'm Morpheus. You know, I, I can take you to the door, but you're the one who has to walk through, truly. You're a true sorcerer, Shaman Durek. Thank you so much. We love you so much. And I love you too. <laughs> can you feel my kisses? I, I can feel you put them. all these magical kisses. Can't. And there's a beautiful unicorn in the room with you with beautiful oh. hair just moving around you and a beautiful energies and spirits are all bowing to you right now and loving you too for bringing this message out into the world and sharing it with all of your listeners so that they can inspire and delight and raise their vibration to higher levels to recognize the power that they are. And this is such a beautiful thing, such a beautiful day, such a beautiful life that we're all on earth together. It's so wonderful. I'm so excited. Yes. Thank you, my loves. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you, Sean and Derek. We are so grateful you tuned into this podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and rate us on iTunes. Yes, and those of you who leave a rating and review, we want to share our gratitude by sending you a special gift. Just email info at yourownmagic.life and we will send you an exclusive meditation guided by the both of us. And make sure to say hi to us on Instagram. I'm at Ali Michelle L. Don't forget the random L at the end. <laughs> and I'm Raquel Mon- Mantra. Thank you and have a magical day.